2021 New York Mets, ladies and gentlemen. What a season it has been. We've had Conforto getting a walk-off hit by pitch in the strike zone. We've had Patrick Mazika with two walk-off hits before he even got a proper hit. We've had Kevin Pillar getting his face smashed in. Um, injuries have been the theme. We've already set a new franchise record for the number of players used in a season. So many guys have been and gone. You've had Khalil Lee, Cameron Mabin batting 0-36. The Crouch and the Moustache of Sean Reed Foley. Janeshwi Fargus doing quite well until he smacked into the outfield wall. Luis Guillaume pitching as many innings as Dellen Batances. James McCann having to play first base. And that's just the top of it. It's not all been bad. We've had the replacements bench mob carrying the team. Jacob deGrom hitting more RBIs than he's allowed runs. Brandon Drury becoming like Mike Trout. Tyler McGill coming from nowhere to be really good, up until yesterday anyway. Um, but we've still had the usual um, lol Mets moments, even under the new ownership. Two players fighting and claiming it was an argument over whether it was a rat or a raccoon. Which one was it? We just don't know. We had the Taiwan Walker play where he inexplicably just threw the ball away and three runs came in. That was the day after the Mets had blew a six-run lead. And then in that match where he did that thing, they then recovered from a six-run deficit to win that game. They've also not signed their top draft pick for the first time since 1970. They've traded away a recent top pick for two months of Javi Baez. Keith Hernandez has fallen off his hot tub and the NL Feast pod have accused us of saying things like Tomas Nido. But above all else, the Mets have led their division for about 12 weeks, even though they've been only at about 500 for the last seven. So I think you can all agree we should have done a podcast long before now with that much to discuss. But welcome to Mets Across the Pod. We've got everybody here. So I'm going to go straight to Joe and say, Joe, what is your best or worst moment from that lot? Or what have I forgotten? Because I probably have forgotten something really important. Well, it was quite a short list, so I thought I'd add something else, you know. My favourite moment so far is um, a horse riding Pete's back in the dugout. <laughs> the home run horse, of course. Yes. It's been an eventful season, hasn't it, so far? How many games have we played? 105, I think, something like that. What is going to happen next? Anything. Well, I did read that apparently um, if a team's leading their division on August the 1st, then about three quarters of the time they win their division. So that should fill us with optimism. But um, it, I know this is our first podcast of the season, but it doesn't feel very optimistic, even though we have been at the top for ages. So... Uh, or am I reading it wrong? Is everybody really optimistic about our chances? Although we only won one of the last five. So um, I don't know. What's everyone thinking? Uh, I don't know. It, it it could go kind of either way at the moment. It all depends how the rest of this homestand goes, I think. Um, no, it's not even a homestand. See, that's where my brain is at. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, good start, Trace. Good start. Yeah, um, let's, let's go with the rest of the road trip. Let's Yeah, the rest of the road trip, see how that goes. Are you, are you all right, Tracy? No. <laughs> and it was a raccoon, by the way, I think. Can I just add that? Is that confirmed? Confirmed, because there was one there the other night, so it must be the same one. Fair enough. Well, well, for me, the biggest highlight so far is the fact that the rest of the NL East has been absolutely terrible. Uh, in fact, I don't, I don't think anyone else is above 500 but the Mets. And I just got this awful feeling that we're going to be in first place until all of a sudden we're not in first place and then it's going to be so hard to turn it on again. Yeah. Uh, Let's get ourselves back. 
the Phillies are on 500. They're two and a half games behind us as we record. Yeah, and that's scary because I just have a feeling that one of their teams has to make a run at some point. But the, the positive thing is that the Mets haven't had a, made, a long losing streak, which in itself is a rare end of the season for any team. Uh, a losing streak of four or five games. We haven't had that. That's been good. Yeah, it's one or two here and there, isn't it? Yeah. So we're not like with any severe drops or dips. Yeah. <laughs> we're so optimistic, aren't we? Oh, aren't we just? It'd be, it would be nice to go on a run, wouldn't it? Because it's that, so frustrating winning a couple of games, then losing one, then winning one, then losing two. Because I thought this series coming up here against Miami would have been a good chance we got a win last night. If we could have got a win last night, then run maybe three out of four of these games. Mm. Then yeah. it would be lucky to split. Yeah, that was a depressing uh, game to wake up to this morning. Not good. Yeah, yeah I mean, we've still got uh, 13 against 13 more against the Marlins, I think, and something like 11, I think, against Washington. So, I mean, that's theoretically good, isn't it? We should win more than we lose mm. against those teams, you, you would think. You would imagine, yeah. And I mean, yeah. Just look at the record here. We're 21 and 21 against the, the, the division at the minute. So we're sitting five hundred against the division. So pretty much any team that goes in a run there in the East, uh, either New York or Philadelphia, come on, uh, Matt, is, is going to come win the division. On. Come on, nah. don't think though the Marlins. You, th- you always think you're going to do all right, but they're pesky little blighters. Yeah, yeah. they've always had the guys coming in ready to, to fill in even when they do trade away half the team. Yeah, they should be the Miami mosquitoes. I think that's what they should be called. <laughs> But I have been so impressed with our bench mob. Um, considering the amount of injuries that we have had, we could be bottom of the division quite easily. And those guys have definitely saved us a lot of embarrassment. Stepped up. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And Kevin took one in the face as well, didn't he, for it? Yeah. Oh, and then came came back. Yeah. The next day, going, put me in, coach. Put me in. That's 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 one of the almost that's that's two answers in one there. The best and the worst of the season was that moment he got got hit by that ball and then just was indestructible afterwards. Yeah, you know, he was on, on his knees, blood spewing out of his face, and he was back trying to get back in as quickly as he could. He was in, he was in the dugout helping other players. You know, it's just unbelievable. If we do well this year and we make the playoffs, um, we should do, uh, all, all being well. You know, it's, it's moments like that, I think, that mattered. Massive. Yeah, I mean, when you look at, he's played 83 games. So despite having his face smashed in, he's played more than Conforto and McNeil and Nimmo to yeah. look at guys who are like, you know, on the opening day um, team or whatever. So it's pretty incredible. Yeah. And yeah, I think he's been really good. Same as Jonathan VR. It's always easy to confuse the names, Pilar and VR. I think I've just about got the hang of it now, but um, they've both been really good. Yeah, he's been, he's been, yeah, both are good. Yeah, Pilar solid in both both meanings of the word there. And how are we feeling about uh, Jacob de Grom? We're going to lose him obviously for the, for August. Uh, are we getting him back in September, the postseason, I if we make it? Bloody well, hope so. <laughs> I'm sorry, but we need him. Yeah. Um, but we need. The DeGrom of old, we don't need this guy that can pitch one and then go on the IL. No, Do we think he was trying to throw too hard and it's caught up with him? Well, see, this is the thing about pitching and this is the, this whole generation of pitchers. I mean, everybody's trying to throw like 100 miles an hour every single pitch and DeGrom is one of them. So there comes a point where I think when guys need to learn how to pitch rather than just hurl this thing, get, 
pass guys as, as fast as they can. Yeah, pitch take, rather take, than throw. Yeah, I mean, take, take Nolan Ryan. I mean, he, he pitched over 100 plus miles an hour, but he could hit the curve, he could hit the corners. I mean, he could pitch as well and, and throw anything between 80 miles an hour up. So, I mean, it's you can't, I don't think, to keep your arm safe through 163 game season, uh, throw as hard as he's doing and keep it, do it consistently without having a toll on, on your body. Not as you get older as well. No. So what do you guys think about the trades we did or didn't make during the uh, trade deadline? Javi Baez, <laughs> yay or nay? Oh, yeah, yay to that, absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, I think I said to somebody uh, I said to you earlier that uh, this, I think, is a trade that's looking beyond this season to the future anyway. Because I think they want to sign this guy uh, permanently and have uh, uh, Baez and Lindor as the, the two middle infielders for the, the next five to ten years. Yeah. Then what do you do with Jeff McNeil? If the DH comes in, we've got that. Uh, you ship him over to third. He's played outfield as well because he likes running into yeah. the wall. He loves doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he played right field, I think, when he uh, did his Spider-Man impression. He's done a few, hasn't he, where he's ended up like splat. I think you're looking at a phase of what the Mets ownership is doing. They're trying to upgrade each position. So they're looking at each position and looking for the, the opportunity is to upgrade that. And there's no doubt that Baez is an upgrade at second base. Yeah. And he's doing quite well as our shortstop while our shortstop's on the IL. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of wanted trades to help us take advantage of our current position though, and I'm not sure it's it's just a couple of extra ones maybe just to get this division done. Because I'd hate yeah, to the be pitch, ahead of the pitching's a real concern now, isn't it, at the yeah. moment? Yeah. And we didn't upgrade there at all. So I was just going to say the number of pitchers uh, that we've actually used this season. Carlos Carrasco was the 17th starter, 17th guy to start a game this year. Mm. So, I mean, that's when you have a rotation that's like going 17 deep uh, <laughs> in early August. I mean, you, you, you have definitely problems in there. Did you guys yeah. all think typical Mets when he threw his first pitch the other night and it went... Oh, yeah. <laughs> from Absolutely. From. Like, <laughs> oh, and, and the first night back for the black jersey as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is classic Mets, isn't it, in an instant? Yeah. <laughs> and what do you guys think of us not signing Kumar Rocker? I think it's hard to judge until you know what's wrong with him, isn't it? I mean... They must know something about how injured he is, which most people don't currently know. So I'm not saying it's definitely right, but I think probably don't know the full story yet. Uh, I've heard Tommy John and thoracic outlet syndrome. That's a lot. Well, then it's perhaps the right choice not to uh, sign him for six million dollars or whatever he wanted. I get, I get no problem with not what's not saying because I mean a lot of these guys. I mean even first round picks, a lot of them don't even make it to the show. People are laughing at us just because they like laughing at us. It's like the Mets doing yeah. sort of things again, but maybe we've actually done a sensible thing for once. Yeah, I mean, the, the Batfletch guys was hogging us for this one. Uh, for lots of not saying this guy. I mean, he's uh, a minor leaguer. Uh, we're looking at maybe three, four years before we even see him in the major leagues, and that's only if he's injury-free. Yeah. But if he, if he needs Tommy John and Thrasic Outlet, uh, it, you're looking at maybe six years before he yeah. even gets close to the to the majors. Well, if you look so, at um, Pete Armstrong, who we traded to the Cubs, he was a uh, first-round pick in 2019, and he's having, there, I can't say it again, season-ending shoulder surgery. Shoulder surgery. Yeah, I just can't get my mouth around that. But, yeah, he's he's had that, and who knows, will he be the same player next season? And... I think that Mets ownership actually made the right decision to gamble 
on that this year with the, the trade for Harry Byers and Trevor Williams, was it? Yeah. Trevor, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just remember something else. Was was Donny on your list, Andrew? No, he oh, wasn't. Yeah, Donny no. Stevenson. The imaginary friend who turned into a real person. There's something else <laughs> weird for the list. I think they actually the the social media team actually hired that guy. They start or no, it's not the social media team, but they, they, there's groups hiring that guy to appear with the with their fan groups. Maybe we can get so him on a podcast. Hang out. Yeah, we'll get him on. <laughs> yeah, so Donny, if you're listening, we're happy to have you on. When it sounds more realistic than having a pitting, pitching coach, uh, sorry, hitting coach called Hugh Quattlebaum. I know, that's not real, is it? <laughs> I mean, if that's not a made-up English name just to taunt us, I don't know what is. Hugh Quattlebaum. Yeah, he's like a lord from, like, Hampshire or something. Or Lord Quattlebaum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you guys get a sense of sort of 2017 all over again where we get players sort of coming back from injury and then re-injuring themselves and then going back on the IL. It's, it's this, but something that's just uh, happening with the Mets this year. But I've seen a lot of teams getting injuries as, as a consequence of the 60-game season last year, back yeah. to you know, a full season this year. I mean, we may only seen probably maybe the tip of the iceberg with this because heading into late August, September, a lot of guys, a lot of teams may start suffering. Yeah, and there's still more and more players going on the COVID IL as well. Yeah. Does anybody know what the uh, situation is with players being vaccinated? I'm assuming that all teams and players are vaccinated, right? There's a percentage, isn't there, where they have yeah. to get all that stuff. If you're tier one players, I think it is, which is sort of your your opening team, are 70% vaccinated, then you don't, then you're not under the same restrictions as those that aren't. So you can go maskless and things like that but um if you are at risk of covid or if you are only uh single vaccinated unless you've got the johnson and johnson jab which is one jab then i I know the mets aren't fully vaccinated put it that way there are some that are refusing for various reasons (laughs) i I wasn't aware of this actually i thought that it naively thought that most of the MLB's professional players would all be vaccinated as a matter of fact. No, no, no. But that's not the case. Is, um, no. What's the guy that pitches for the Phillies? Um, he he got the strikeout record against us the other week. Nola. Yeah, because he couldn't play, was it at the Reds? He couldn't play at Boston because um, something to do with him not having a vaccination and he missed the start. There was something the other week and he missed out. Yeah, and apparently the lack of vaccinations also affected trades this um trade deadline because in the medical file that gets sent across in potential trades they will have their vaccination status in it and teams don't want to slip below that 70 percent threshold to be put back under restrictions where you're only allowed a certain number of people in the dugout. You're, you have to wear you masks, to wear masks and yeah. all that, yeah. All right, you, Trace, I'm going to have to zip my mouth on this <laughs> Yeah, one. you look angry. Oh, I'm very angry, yeah. Moving swiftly on, we do have a couple of questions from our subscribers and they are both Conforto-related. Richard Addy, at Addy the Younger on Twitter, is Conforto playing his way out of a lucrative extension with the Mets? Because for those not aware, it is a contract season for Conforto and he has been injured and he's not playing so well at the moment. Well, very, very polite. Well, if I was a GM, I wouldn't say them. Uh, you look at some of the guys coming out, uh, 
he's again Cincinnati, the right fielder there. Uh, he's going to be a free agent, so we we'll pick him up. Can't ever remember his name off the top of my head, but check right fielder Cincinnati. He's going to be a free agent. <laughs> so uh, I mean, there's going to be other guys that are available. He's not consistent, we... is he? So frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. He's very streaky. Yeah. yeah. He always kills rallies, and I always get angry. Uh, and the second question is from Ben Higgs at Ben Higgs eighty three. Do we think we should bring Peraza back in for Conforto? I would like to see Conforto get his chance to play, his, play himself out of this funk he's in. Say he gets swapped down the stretch, knocks a few home runs in the big games in September, gets us into the postseason, all this past year's forgotten. Yeah, but knowing our luck, it gets streaky to get us into the postseason, then he'll cool down. Peraza's already proven that he can do it for us. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Peraza, I, his bang average isn't very good either, but he just seems to get home runs clutch, and big hits in clutch. big moments, yeah. which is probably he's a big, more important. He's a big character in the but, dugout and on the field. Is it me? He seems to be when he's out there. There's, there's a real presence, whereas I, I never feel that with Conforto. It's a very quiet personality. Maybe that's great in the clubhouse. I don't know, but on the field, it doesn't seem to be there. It's all about the big, big personalities. He spurred us on, Peraza. I like him. You'd have to say Conforto's defence has been pretty good, though. That throwing the guy out of the plate the other week. Yeah, was very amazing. Good. Yeah. yeah, this is not an anti-Conforto um, uh, thing. Um, we all love him still, but um, yeah, that that was an amazing throw. And it's probably his defensive abilities that's keeping him in the lineup as much as it is. And I've got a question for you guys. Do you think that Jacob Degrom was right not to go to the All Star break? Yes, hundred percent. Absolutely. That's not even a, up for debate, is it? Is, is it <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, just, I'm just wondering, because I've seen on Twitter, as you do, that there are people saying, oh, well, it, it's an honour to be nominated and you should go because you've been elected. He didn't well, like the jersey, to be fair. To no. I don't blame him, do you? <laughs> this well, year's this... jersey was naff, and that's me being very polite. Well, to be fair to the All-Star game, it has become... What used to be a showcase event from when I first started watching in 1988 or 87, it's basically just pre-season friendlies. That's what it feels like now. Yeah. Uh, or international friendlies before a World Cup or a Euros. Uh, there's just very little point to risk of players' injuries, especially mm. a, a guy like uh, De Grom. Uh, where, where the actual game itself had a lot of prestige, uh, it was a chance for the, when you couldn't see all the players at once to, to get to see them when there wasn't MLB.TV. Whereas nowadays, anybody can tune in and watch any player anytime. Whereas back then, you couldn't. That's the only time you ever got to see these players in person. I think we all like the home run derby better now, don't we? Pete looks so relaxed during that home run derby. Do you see him bouncing around to the music? (laughs) It was great. But what if he did an oblique during? Oh, stop it. But he he didn't, and it's not affecting his swing either. I'm sorry, I'm just... I love it, and I watch it, and I and I celebrated it. But at the end of the day, I just think, why risk? Why risk your injury? You're in the middle of a season, yeah. And you and you're whacking balls. How many times yeah. out, out of the park? What if something goes? I mean, I wouldn't have been happy. I'd have been fuming the next day if he'd been injured. Fuming. <laughs> a bit worried, a bit scared. Can, now. You, can you imagine the the David Tate gif after that? <laughs> I thought it was going to be a highlight of, of this. Yeah, it was all good and uh, it was great. So you know, no problem. But yeah, it'll happen one day. Did you see the kid that got injured in the outfield? It's like so inevitable, isn't it? There's all these fly balls and these kids are running around oh, like yeah. little crazies. Yeah, yeah um, I remember the home run 
Derby at um, Hyde Park a few years back. And that was that was dangerous. Everyone's looking but up and just like, ooh. Yeah, a load of, load yeah. of bricks in the middle well, of a field, not knowing what they're doing. I yeah. mean, of, there was a lot of uh, baseball players there present, brought their gloves and everything. There's also a lot of people wandering around going, you know, what do I do here? That, that could have been a serious injury. <laughs> well, um, there was a kid that um, collided with another kid and got quite hurt and was stretched off. Oh, yeah, he broke his leg, I think, didn't he, or something? Yeah. Chest. So I know there's a broken uh, bone. There in was there a broken somewhere. bone in there somewhere. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I need oh, to learn yeah. to be more aware of the surroundings. Don't, was that? Did they actually not try to pin that on Pete Kenner? Brett, we're not having a home run that game. Probably. <laughs> but um, and did you guys see the BBC showed highlights of the um, baseball in the Olympics? Yes. Yeah. Well done to. Uh, uh, Eric, to Eric from, yeah. Just, yeah, just to do the Channel 5 production uh, for yes. getting them to do that, which is Eric nice. Ginson, is it? Yeah, 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 you're Jerry Ginson, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was at work, so yes, after all of my complaining that it wasn't on television, I didn't get to see it. So, <laughs> Have you not watched it back on iPlayer? I've, I've really been so busy, I've not had a chance to yet. But um, baseball isn't going to be in next year's Olympics. Well, yeah. not next year's the next cycle of the Olympics and yeah. I think that's in Paris but I think it will be back for when it's in LA so Maybe. this has been alluded to but mm. we were called out by a US podcast for our pronunciation of players names and I'm going to pop some players names in chat and I want you guys to give us your best pronunciation on these <laughs> this will be fun should I just read them in a very normal accent, yeah? I was going to try and do Northern Irish, but I can't. Travis, <laughs> Travis Blankenhorn. Jose Plaza. <laughs> Thomas, Thomas Sazapucky. Who the hell is that? Shapucky. <laughs> Noah Syndergaard. <laughs> Noah Syndergaard. Very good. That's how I'd say them normally. Uh, Andrew, I can see that you've seen it. So, do you want to uh, give them a go? Yeah, uh, Travis Blankenhorn, Jose Paraza, Thomas Japuki, Japuki, I think he is a pitcher, <laughs> and uh, Noah Syndergaard. Rule doing it James way, I love it. I have put it in our WhatsApp chat, so you should now all be able to see it. Yeah, got it. Wait, I'll have a go. Go on. Come on, Les. Travis Blankenhorn, Jose Peraza, Thomas Sashazpuki. Oh, my sounded a bit kinky, that one. And Noah Syndergaard. Yeah. Syndergaard. Go on, Tate. Mr. Tate. Okay. Right. Travis Blankenhorn, Jose Peraza, Thomas Zapuki. And uh, Noah Syndergaard. That sounded quite posh for you. Travis Blankenhorn. That's quite Jose, a good one. Jose Peraza. Thomas. No, I'm going a bit weird now. That's well. <laughs> <laughs> it's all Cajun, but so I can probably go over there. No, I'll leave it there. Tracy, we need a Thomas Nido from you, I think. Tomas Nido. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, anything else, guys, while we're here? Yeah. Yeah, what about, obviously, 
for the first time in what nine years is it? The black jerseys returned last Friday night. What did we think of the black jerseys? Are we happy with the situation? Yes, no. I love the black jerseys because it reminds me of when I first started watching the Mets. What about the white pants, though? No. Did they wear white pants before? Yeah, they they always did without jerseys. I'm not used to it, so they were. Are we talking pants or? Trousers. Trousers. Trousers as opposed to your underwear. Remember, we're Brits. Yeah. Sorry. So what they wear under their trousers, we're not. Sure. <laughs> it is their own business. Not the knickers. I'm talking about the trousers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they always wore them with the snow white trousers before, so. I like. I liked it. I um I was sort of neither here or there on whether they wore them in the end, but when they actually came out that night, and uh, I, I thought, yeah, I like this. I liked it. I would buy one. Yeah, me too. Or get given one, whichever way, you know. <laughs> and they're not that, mind, yeah, they're probably not that easy to come by now, the old ones. No, mine's a bit musty, I found it on eBay. But if you don't want one of the original black jerseys, but you'd like a UK Mets black t-shirt as modelled by Les Ooh, in this podcast, yeah. uh, we do have a red bubble store. We will repost the link at some point soon um, so you can find that and much, much more there. Anything else, guys? Mr Tate, have you got anything else you'd like to share with the world? Are you going to do any more gifts? Yeah, we want more. Yeah. Please, please. One of the gifts. Yeah, um, next time we win, I'll do one. Did anyone else find the apple one a tiny bit scary, though? Because I did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the eyes. I forgot, I forgot to smile. <laughs> I was so fired up. Andrew, anything yes. else you want to uh, share with the world? Well, I guess we can't really go without just sort of saying if we think we're going to win the division or not, because it's pretty oh. close. So I want everybody to say yes or no. I'm go- I'll go first and say Yes, just not by very much. Um, but I just, yeah, I'm just obviously interested in what everyone else thinks, really. Yes, I think. <laughs> Sorry, 538. Reckon we're going to finish with 84 wins, Braves and Phillies, 82 wins. So oh, I can't cope with that stress. Very close, especially as we play Braves in the last three games. Yeah, yeah and Ooh, the wild really card isn't going to come out of the NL East. No. No. All or so Sorry, it, David, what do you think? No, I was going to say yes. I mean, but if things if things stay as they are and we don't pick up too many injuries, um, then yes, we will just skin it, I think. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, if uh, things don't get any worse than what they are injury-wise and yeah. Noah does get to come back in September and we do get uh, the Grom back in September... Uh, yeah, I think we'll uh, just about cling on to this thing. Can I just ask if any of you, what's the latest with Noah? Any sign of him post-season or? September is what I heard. Early, early September. September. And if we get him back early September, I think adding a whole new arm. So, I mean, that's the new signing. Yeah. yeah. And um, it's looking like DeGrom will be at least 10 days because he needs to do at least one more start in, well, at least one start in the minors. Same for Lindor, at least 10 days, probably closer to the end of August for Lindor. Who are we thinking there would be the the favourites in the National League at the minute? The Giants have surprised everybody this year. It's got to be them, surely. I I think... Powering on. You're thinking Dodgers, aren't you, with all their boring million superstars? Yeah, except for one that's not allowed to play. 
Jones, but he doesn't get mentioned. <laughs> what? Yeah, bullet dodged. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Can I just say, I'm. I said it before on other podcasts, but I am so so pleased we didn't sign yeah. Trevor Bauer. Well, I think we all are at this point. Was the same. We were happy at the time as well that that's that's how it went, and um, yeah, we didn't get it. Because there were red flags all over the place, mm. and innocent until proven guilty and all that, but, you know. <laughs> I just say that Wilmer Flores is playing for the Giants and playing quite well for the Giants. I know, so, I saw him, I, yes. I, I, I was, yeah. for, for, for no other reason alone, I would like to see the Giants get to the first yes. season for that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Obviously. I love yeah. Wilmer. Oh God, don't you start Tracy off. Wasn't his <laughs> walk-off anniversary something like this week, oh, God, sometime God. this week? I'm sure it was. It, yeah, it was, it was yeah. last week. Uh, yeah. Six. Hold on, it was 2016. Yeah. So five yeah. years ago. His knees were going to explode. That's what they told us, and he's fine, Wilma. And Good on point. that note, <laughs> <laughs> we we will see you um, whenever we see you. Bye, guys. Travis Blankenhorn to you all. <laughs>